Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the World Cycle series, Wars with Lythers. Once again, this episode is extemporaneous, and I'm still working on a solution in terms of posting scripts along with these episodes, but for now, no scripts. You can go to my website, worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com, to read my short stories and occasional blog posts. Enjoy. I mentioned during the stories about Nalareth that the war between Lythas and Takara was comparatively simple, and that's why I'm not going to dwell on it in extreme detail. There are a couple of other reasons why I'm not going to dwell on the first war between Takara and Lythas in that much detail. The first being that it lacks a clear set of protagonists, which often make the stories less interesting, I think, and make them harder to tell in some ways. The story of the first war between Lythes and Takara is a story of political machinations and military maneuvers. Not, I think, a very interesting one, but it does contain some important aspects that feed into what happened during the second lythes takaran war, which I will be telling in more detail, if only because it's a war that I was distinctly a part of. The other piece of this story I'm telling today is the war between Lythes and Setip, or the invasion of Setip by Lythes. The invasion of Setip similarly lacks a clear protagonist, and again, can be summarized as a series of political maneuvers and military actions, so I'm not going to be giving it that much detail either. I believe I mentioned previously that the nation of Setip was formed by refugees from the expansion of Lythes, who fled west to escape Lythes's advance and eventually formed the nation of Setip in an attempt to defend themselves as Lythes pushed further west. I will start with the story of the first war with Takara, though, as that occurred first. The war between Lythes and Takara started about six years after Lythes started to expand, and it began as, let's say, a misunderstanding between Lythes and some nomads living on the land that would come to be called Takara. At the time, Takara did not exist as a state, rather the land that would become that country was mostly occupied by three states, Telom, Kuram, and Rathom. Telom, being the easternmost of these states, was first to be encountered by Lythes, but in particular, Lythes first encountered what are these days generally referred to as Takaran nomads if you're outside of Takara, or just nomads if you're inside of Takara. The land that would come to be called Takara was not entirely occupied by the states of Talom, Kuram, and Rathom. 
There were other towns and villages that were not affiliated with any of these states. There were small alliances, but those three were the main large states. One thing that is very worth knowing about these states, and is still true of Takara today, is that they protected what are called the free lands in Takara, which are the historic pathways traveled by the nomads. The nomads hold a very important place in both Takaran tradition and Takaran history. The nomads and their particular historical paths are important to especially the history of Takaran medicine. The nomads traveled along these paths and collected medicinal herbs, along with other things that they needed, like wildlife and plant life to eat. But it's important that they collected these medicinal herbs, because as they encountered the various towns and villages that would come to form these states, and eventually the state of Takara, they could stop and they could treat illnesses and diseases, they could help people. Takara is a desert country for the most part, perhaps not quite as extreme as the Sarainan Desert, but it is still a desert country, and so two things are relevant about it. One is that the water does slow down during the summer, and there are often outbreaks of cholera and typhoid, and other waterborne diseases. But once Elysia came to be, so did the Illinan, and the Illinan spread to Takara, as they did first to most desert nations. The Illinan spread around the world, of course, but that's slightly more complicated, and I will talk about it a bit as we go through this story. Part of the Freelands used to follow what became the border between Takara and Lythas. That pathway had to be moved somewhat for fortifications and towns and soldiers to be placed along that border, but it was not moved very far. So when Lythas initially came far enough north to get into the lands at the time controlled by Talom, it first encountered one of these nomadic tribes in the Freelands. Con Lythas himself, along with an advance party of about 8,000 troops, encountered the nomad clan of Holtavina, which roughly translates to Great Wings. And an important detail about Holtavina and most of the nomad clans at the time was that there was a significant portion of all of these clans comprised of Illinan. It is one of the few places in the world that Illinan have actually joined civilization. And so when Conlithas went to treat with the clan of Holtavina, about a third of them were Illinan. That is about a third of roughly a hundred people. And one of the three clan organizers, shall we say, was Illinan. Conlithas did his utmost to be respectful, to not worry too much about the fact that one of the clan organizers was Illinan, and he offered the usual offer. He offered to let the clan join Lythas so that they would have more resources and they would have a whole empire at their disposal and that sort of thing. And the organizers of Holtavina laughed in his face. And so he killed them. This was, well, a mistake. This was a pretty significant mistake in terms of Lythas's attempts to expand north. But, but I also don't want to make it seem like this is the only reason that any of the Takaran states didn't join Lythas. They wouldn't have anyway. The clan of Holtavina was able to escape Lythas fairly easily, with only a total of about six casualties, four of them deaths. And many of the Illinan members of the clan rushed further north to the town of Dalgatran, which roughly translates to Stony Bay, the second largest of the towns in Talom at the time. Troops were immediately dispatched from Gravel Bay to meet Con Lythas at the border of the free land and the land that was directly controlled by Talom. 
About 2,000 troops were sent out to meet the 8,000 troop advanced party. Most of those were cavalry. Kalnan had come to Tulom and Kuram and Rathom, and to Dalgatran. And despite Nalarath's influence on Lythes, I would not feel it wrong to say that the states that became Takara put the Kalnan's knowledge and skills to better use than Lythes did, at least at the time. And so with 2,000 cavalry and a great deal of explosives, Con Lythes' advanced troop of 8,000 soldiers was pushed back, out of the land of Telom and then out of the free land that they had been trespassing in. They were pushed back to, again, what became the border between Takara and Lythes. 2,000 more troops were dispatched from Gravel Bay, along with about 8,000 militia from the various towns and surrounding villages, who all converged on the site where the cavalry was still harrying Lythes's bigger armies, which were struggling to mobilize. And they started building earthwork fortifications, and they set up positions. And the cavalry retreated back to those positions, and the fight started. Con Lythes had brought about 50,000 soldiers with him to what would become the border between Takara and Lythes. They struggled to mobilize under the attacks of the various troops and militias that had joined and created these earthwork fortifications, but mobilize they did. The reason it took longer for other troops around Talom to mobilize was because of the endless wars between Talom, Kuram, and Rathom. More troops were mobilized. Word was sent to the other two kingdoms to ask them to stop fighting for at least a little while while an invasion on their border was dealt with. Fortifications were established along what would become the border between Takara and Lythes. And as the armies of Lythes were forced further west, they came into contact with eventually Kuram and then Rathom. Lythes had the advantage of numbers. That was the only advantage that he had. But the kingdoms of Talom, Kuram, and Rathom had the advantages of experience and geography. And they had the advantage of the Illinan. Lythes might have had catapults and eventually cannons, but they couldn't compete with the Illinan at the time. Illinan, of course, could fly. And being able to fly over enemy troops, especially when laden with bombs, was a very useful ability for an army to have. This is probably the main reason that it became something of a patriotic sport for people in Lythes to hunt both Illinan and then vultures when the Illinan eventually left Lythes. Negotiations went on inside what would become Takura, between Telom, Kuram, and Rathom, and eventually they formed a military alliance to fight against Lythes, as more and more troops were pulled from inside Lythes and, and from Nalareth's expanding frontiers to try to reinforce Lythes's armies and try to overwhelm the fortifications with numbers. But it failed, and that's the short version of the story. Over the course of about 10 years, Lythes tried again and again and again to force his way through the various fortifications of Takura. And sometimes he succeeded for a little while, but he was always pushed back. He was always pushed back to what became the hard border between Takura and Lythes, and there was nothing he could do about it. As the military alliance between Talom, Kuram, and Rathom strengthened, the state of Takura formed between the three families. And with that solid state came a solid wall against Lythes. He couldn't make his way in, and eventually he conceded defeat. Lythes lost over a million soldiers in that 10-year war. Takara lost about 200,000. Lythes was forced to move on, 
As the war with Takara was winding up, the clan of Nalareth, now led by Azesh, was continuing to expand. As most of the Kalnan had been forced underground, and Azesh was much less bloodthirsty than Nalareth, the expansion of Lythes was going much better than it had been. More concessions had to be given to the towns and villages that joined the Lythes Empire, of course. After almost eight years of Nalareth being in charge of the expansion of Lythes, there was a lot of mending of bridges to be done. Very few Kalnan agreed to join the Empire still, and they still held, they still hold, that Azesh shouldn't have been trusted by anyone. But as more and more refugees fled west to create the state of Setip, there was, there was limited usefulness in trying to hold out against the expanding Empire of Lythens. And so more and more people gave in, more and more people joined the Empire, and they were granted the concessions they wanted. And then, of course, over time those concessions were eroded. But, well, that's not exactly part of this story. Just worth knowing. It's highly likely that the border between Lythes and Takara was the first ever solid border between states. Even the borders between Tulom, Kuram, and Rathom had not been that solid. They had been blurry, people had moved from side to side easily, but the border between Lythes and Takara was not permeable, or was barely permeable, shall we say. It was fortified on both sides by both nations, but most of the troops from Lythes moved west. They joined the expansion of the empire, and as more and more force came to the expanding edge of the empire, fewer and fewer people declined to join, though the Kalnan continued to flee west. They couldn't get underground anymore, of course. Fear had already sealed the underground under Itar. Setip was formally established about a year after the end of the Lythes Takran War. Not that that mattered particularly, it had already existed at that point for about two years, if in a less structured way. Setip was home to about 500,000 people by the time that Lythes's expanding western edge encountered the border that they had attempted to establish. Though Setip had built fortifications along its borders, it had two problems that Takara didn't have, or shall we say it had three problems that Takara didn't have. First was that its northern edge was quite thin, whereas there were no points in Takara where the state was particularly thin. Second was that its northern edge was also on the coastline, and though Takara had a coastline on both sides, neither of those coasts were particularly accessible or very easily used to send troops around the border. Third, and fairly importantly but probably not most importantly, was that Lythes had just finished the war with Takara. And though Lythes had lost, they had much more experience fighting an actual war than they had before the war with Takara. That had been their biggest problem, fighting Takara, was Lythes' expansion had never brought about a war. Sometimes there were battles, sometimes there were invasions, but nothing on the scale of the fight with Takara. That was not true when Lythes encountered Setip. The northern fortifications of Setip's borders fell within a month, and that was really enough for the invasion to take place. More and more of the border fell as Lythes pushed in from the northern tip and from the sea. Once that fortification had been breached, there was very little that could be done. Nearly 250,000 people were killed on the side of Setip during the war between Setip and Lythes. 
Nearly half of the population of Setip fought Lythes to the death rather than risk being consumed by the Empire. Most of those people, though, died in what was called the Surge, or the Great Escape, or the Great Migration, depending on where you were. The last-ditch effort by Setip to escape Lythes. All of the remaining armies pushed north, trying to get toward Takara, trying to escape the borders of Lythes. Almost 200,000 people made it across those borders, with the help of Takara, of course, but but mostly through the effort of the soldiers that remained in Setip. Of the roughly 50,000 people who failed to escape and did not die during the war, almost all of them were killed by Lythes immediately following the war. The war between Lythes and Setip lasted just shy of a year, but even getting 200,000 people into Takara was not the only thing that was achieved by the war. Con Lythes died during the war between Setip and Lythes. The story goes that he fought to his last, taking dozens or hundreds of people with him on the battlefield during the surge. The truth is that he died during the surge of injuries that he'd sustained in a battle not a couple days earlier. He wasn't fully treated because the surge happened so quickly that there weren't enough troops left to watch over him. Maybe he was assassinated, that is possible. But as far as I've been able to tell, he died of his injuries. Even with the death of Con Lythes, the war between Setip and Lythes was very thoroughly lost by Setip. The nation was completely destroyed, and none of its inhabitants remained in that area. It was gone. People have gone back there since then, of course. Descendants of the people who fled Setip have returned to that land since the fall of the Lythes Empire, but... But it was just Lythes for hundreds of years. There's very little connective history. It's a shame, of course, as all these things are a shame. After the war with Setip, and even during it, Lythes continued to expand, this time mostly south, into the Hythe Peninsula. Lythes encountered people there, of course, and they fought them because Hythe had heard what had happened to everyone else, and Hythe wasn't going to be consumed. It's not totally clear from the record whether the people of Hythe defeated the expanding force of the Lythes Empire at that time, or if the Lythes Empire decided not to deal with it because of the war with Setip, or the fact that Con Lythes had recently died. The history of those early fights between Lythes and Hythe are a little bit difficult. There were skirmishes, and there were a couple of battles, and then Lythes pulled back, at least for a time. I won't be covering that in much detail yet. Chronologically, the actual war between Lythes and Hythe didn't start until after the end of the Second Lythes-Takaran War. It is important, but... But more important is the Second War between Lythes and Takara. And I'm not just saying that because I had been born by then, and I was involved in that war. Though that is a relevant part of that story. So, until I get a better chance to talk about myself, be well.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the World Cycle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like my work, you can find my writing at worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com, where I'm doing better about posting frequently, but I'm still not back to posting daily, and I'm probably not going to go back to doing that. If you prefer, you can follow me at worldcycle.tumblr.com, where all of my stories and blog posts get cross-posted, and I also reblog a lot of shit. If you want to, for some reason, you can also follow me on Twitter, at The World Cycle, where again, everything gets cross-posted, but I don't do anything else on Twitter, really. I haven't even been on Twitter for like, a while. Anyway, hope you enjoyed, and keep in mind that sometimes you just need to make your country a bit shorter, so that it's harder to break through your fortifications. Bye.